OECD report suggests 27% of jobs are at risk to be replaced by AI, Sapphire commits $1 billion to AI investments, and Microsoft's $75 billion merger with Activision will not be blocked in the US. I'm Jackson Fordyce, and this is Venture Daily. A report was just released by the OECD that suggests that 27% of jobs are at high risk for being replaced by AI. The Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development's report indicates that the jobs at risk are ones that rely on skills easily automated by AI. Among individuals surveyed by the reports, 60% of them marked that they fear they could lose their job over the next 10 years. And the report was conducted before ChatGPT launched last year, so the numbers of worried workers could be even higher now. I talked to Neil Sakira. My name is Neil Sakira. I am a co-founder and partner at Defy, venture capital firm that recently closed its third $300 million fund. Defy Ventures invests in 11 different AI startups, including Securely, Somatis, and Airspace Technologies. Neil explains the kind of jobs that are part of the 27%, the kind of jobs that, quote, rely on skills that could be easily automated. There are a number of different jobs you see today. Uh, a couple of buckets would be humans required to view or do something um, with their eyes uh, versus those being automated inside of a video. Um, you see that uh, we have a portfolio company, Hakimo, that uh, basically replaces um, security workers who are looking at multiple screens and doors because it's much more efficient to be able to read using AI in the screen. Um, another example is we have a AI test proctoring company. Um, so instead of driving to a proctoring center, um, a university can choose, and then having somebody potentially look at you from Eastern Europe or Asia, um, you could uh, have, have someone actually uh, using their own laptop and using AI to make sure they're not cheating, etc. There's other jobs, I think that's in this article, that talked a little bit about uh, some of the mundane technical tasks um, that people use for programming and coding today. Um, those are those are things that AI can help solve, and AI can really impact those. And um, and I think those are some of the initial uh, jobs that will be replaced. I asked Neil if he predicts that jobs that can be automated will be automated. In other words, is there any reason why the AI revolution won't eventually replace humans in these kinds of jobs? That's a great question. I definitely believe that there will be some jobs that can be replaced but won't be. And those a good example of that is you have seen automated content creation, um, automated video pictures, uh, and some of that is definitely going to be AI created. Um, however, the authenticity of a human being um, writing certain content and literature, um, it, it's going to be many, many years before AI can replace that. You can still today, I think, um, for the most part, find you know, very standardized content um, that AI will create and produce. Uh, that that you know doesn't take into that special human factor that is required. Um, there are things like us having this conversation um, and other other parts around content that I think are just creative and take a creative mind. And AI is still far from there. Um, automated tasks, absolutely, but um, outside of that, it'll be many years before some are not going to be replaced. Neil, how can we prepare the workforce for the changes and also the benefits that AI would bring about? In 1900, the, the United States, for instance, over half the people lived in a rural population. Then we had the Industrial Revolution and assembly lines, then computers, then the service revolution, and then uh, the internet. And in all of those cases, what it really took was the workforce of population 
to become educated and skilled and trained on new platforms to do new types of work. So historically, that work in the U.S. moved offshore or it was automated. Um, and in fact, that created more jobs. And in fact, uh, if you look at the article, they, they say two-thirds of people appreciate how automation takes out the mundane tasks of their daily lives. And I really think that's where AI makes its most important impact. And as we look at uh, companies that we, that we are seeing as, as investors, you know, there are there there. Are, ways that the workforce that now doesn't have to do the mundane tasks, if you can keep uh, educating, keep giving people the opportunity to learn and be parts of the AI platform itself, that's where governments can really help keep up and keep up with the pace. Although AI will replace humans in some jobs, it will also create new jobs. Neil thinks we'll all become programmers as we adopt AI into our everyday lives. So there's a number of uh, interesting jobs that AI uh, we'll be able to create um, a lot of them will, the one that stands out to me that is already starting to happen is uh, it was actually pointed out by one of my CEOs the other day. Um, you, you've reached the point where coding historically is used Fortran and C++ and uh, then Java. You know, it, it really took a special skill set um, to be able to complete the programs and then design a U, UI interface. AI will immediately make anybody a programmer. And that's incredibly powerful. When you want to actually create a deep technology that, um, or you want to do a data test, um, all of a sudden somebody who's more of a product manager and who doesn't actually underline, understand necessarily the underlying codes that go all the way down to the binary ones and zeros, AI has already started to help automate and allow people to create programs and create uh, new businesses from scratch by, you know, using really simple language. I want this to do this, right? And so you turn it in from a computer language to a English language where you have tasks automated and you're able to create programs fast. But I think that is one really important and really fast changing area where it creates an entire new, it makes everybody be a programmer, right? Which is in pretty, pretty exciting in a lot of ways. I asked Neil if he thinks the AI boom is similar to every other revolutionary technology we've seen throughout history. You know, the printing press, the steam engine, the internet, or is this revolution unique in how drastically it will change our lives? I think this is unique. Um, I, all of those revolutions had massive change. And so there's no doubt that they were, they were, they changed different parts of the workforce. AI, unlike those, touches almost every industry and almost every facet of life and almost everything we do and everything that we um, end up doing in our, in our world can be touched by AI. And a lot of the previous revolutions, you know, took kind of uh, mundane uh, physical tasks and turned them into, uh, you know, uh, in, turn them into more efficient tasks. AI does more than that, right? Because it actually helps you um, think greater, think bigger. Um, there are some risks there that Elon Musk and others have pointed out, but it really does expand and touch so many different facets of our lives. That's why people are so excited about this revolution. It, it won't be overnight, but there, it would be hard-pressed to find an industry, um, a, a lifestyle, a region, a anything that won't have an impact um, because it's, it's much farther reaching uh, than just getting goods from the East Coast to the West Coast, like when the railroads came in. This really touches all the industries, and that's why it's so exciting. That was Neil Sakira. 
founder and partner of Defy Ventures. Thanks for talking with me, Neil. Thank you so much, Jackson. Sapphire Ventures, an Austin-based venture capital firm, just announced their commitment to invest over $1 billion into AI startups. Sapphire is the latest firm to make a commitment like this. Bessemer Venture Partners also pledged a $1 billion to AI investments, and Sound Ventures just raised $243 million to deploy into AI startups. Sapphire does not plan to invest capital primarily into generative AI technology, instead committing to B2B software companies that, quote, make AI easily accessible by leveraging data to better predict outcomes, unquote. I spoke with Sapphire's president, Jay Das. Hi, folks. This is Jay Das. I'm the president and partner and co-founder at Sapphire Ventures. Jay explained to me why Sapphire believes in the future of AI technology. So Sapphire has a long history of investing and scaling enterprises in AI startups, right? We have invested over $2.5 billion in 60 startups that are AI-focused. But what we saw with this new wave of AI companies, especially around generative AI, is that uh, the way that you build these companies, the way that you market these companies is going to be very different. And that is why we are making this $1 billion commitment. And we are going to focus on all areas of this emerging AI tech stack, which includes you know, not only the foundation models, but also the enablers and the middleware, and of course, the next generation of AI applications. Many have compared the new AI boom and all the investment money quickly getting behind it to the dot-com boom in the early 2000s. I asked Jay if Sapphire is worried that many AI startups will fail, similar to the many dot-com startups that failed. Jay says this kind of risk comes with the territory of being in venture. Yeah, unfortunately, you know, that is how venture works, right? You always have a lot of companies get funded, um, and, you know, and, and some of them or a lot of them fail, right? So if you look back at the dot-com boom, yes, a lot of companies failed, but, you know, we had Amazon, we had... Um, Google, all of these came out of the dot-com bust. And, you know, and sometimes the ideas just take a longer time, right? We had pets.com and, you know, that failed, but then you had Chewy, which actually ended up becoming a big business. Similarly, DoorDash is a big business and there were some startups that were trying to do that during the AI, sorry, the dot-com bubble, right? So similarly in the AI period that we're investing in, there will be a lot of startups that do not make it and some of the ideas that are being invested in or founders trying to build will probably get built in the next iteration of AI, right? And that's how always venture works. I worried about Sapphire's strategy to pick the winners, the Amazons and the Googles, out of the quickly growing pool of AI startups. <laughs> uh, you know, we, that that is not going to fundamentally change about how we pick winners. So, you know, you do the... Do the um, investigation on the founders and see which teams you like. You back the teams, you back uh, to see what kind of problem they are solving. But you know, overall also Sapphire has a huge portfolio growth services team that helps these companies scale and grow and expand. And I think that's also being the most value added investor on the cap table can help these companies scale. So it's not only just picking the right companies, But as we always say, we help build companies of consequence, and that's what we intend to do with this new commitment. That's Jay Doss, president and partner at Sapphire Ventures. Jay, thanks for joining us today. Thanks, Jackson. Thanks for having me. A judge in San Francisco ruled yesterday that Microsoft's merger with Activision Blizzard, the largest merger in Microsoft history, valued at $75 billion, would not be blocked in the U.S. The Federal Trade Commission tried to block the merger in U.S. courts a legal battle that began in December. 
but Judge Jacqueline Scott Corley just ruled the FTC had not demonstrated that the merger would harm competition for gaming. The UK Competition and Markets Authority vetoed the deal back in May, but in an unprecedented reconsideration, have also just declared that they are prepared to reevaluate appeals for Microsoft to allow for the merger to go through. Their announcement came after Judge Corley's ruling. A spokesperson for the UK CMA said, quote, We stand ready to consider any proposals from Microsoft to restructure the transaction in a way that would address the concerns. Microsoft is thrilled that UK regulators have returned to the table to potentially let this merger pass. The company could close the merger now, but would risk breaching the CMA's interim order, which could, quote, leave Microsoft open to a large fine up to 5% of global group revenues of the two parties combined. The FTC says it is, quote, disappointed in this outcome and will be announcing our next step to continue our fight to preserve competition and protect consumers in the next few days. Some are concerned that Microsoft will use its acquisition of Activision, the company that owns games like Call of Duty, to harm competitors like Sony by stripping away access to its gaming titles or increasing its number of games exclusive to Xbox and PC. How will emerging gaming companies keep up with the big three? China's Tencent, the publisher of League of Legends, PlayStation Sony, and now Microsoft Activision Blizzard. The FTC believes competition in the gaming market has just been significantly jeopardized. And what does the allowance of this merger mean for other megacorp mergers in the future? Will the FTC continue to work to block these deals? Will U.S. judges follow a precedent set by this ruling? We'll keep you updated as these stories develop here at Venture Daily. Thanks for tuning in to Venture Daily. Today's show is produced by Josiah Simons and Jackson Fordyce. Our theme song was created by Benjamin Cook. If you liked today's episode, please give us an honest review wherever you get your podcasts. I'll see y'all tomorrow morning.